Walk in Your Excellence. I'm your host, Sean Larry, and thanks for listening to this week's episode of Walk in Your Excellence. I'm excited about this next season, season three of Walk in Your Excellence, uh, for so many reasons. Episodes that are challenging our thinking, episodes that, um, with multiple guests at one time, giving us v- valuing perspectives and opinions. And now, for the very, very first time uh, in Walk in Your Excellence history, we have some high school seniors, some young adults in the building about to go off and impact the world in such a profound way. They have come to share their knowledge, their expertise, being uh, young adults in the world. Um, And now, inside of my head, I want y'all to know that I am a secret, secret historian. Some people know that about me. My friends kind of know that I'm a dork, but I love exploring how social movements uh, impact our world over time. Youth have been so instrumental in shaping the culture of our society by coming together and sparking action. We have seen this time and time again. Let us think back. Think back to the civil rights movement, the early 1960s. Um, Greensboro sit-ins, 1960 exactly. The lunch counter sit-ins were sparked by four teenagers down in North Carolina. They refused to leave. This action led to the creation of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, which then later played a major role in the Freedom Riders, uh, Freedom Rides across the South, and so much more. They were a pivotal, pivotal aspect of our civil rights movement. And today, I have two very special guests in the studio, two of my very own students, two seniors, Karan and Kwayan Boone. And guess what? They are twins. Uh, First of all, those listening, let me give you guys a visual because you can't see them in the studio, right? You know the twins that dance for Beyonce? Just imagine them sitting right now across from me, right? Just imagine they're in the studio right now. These brothers have so much talent, man. They are president of the film club. They run track. They plan prom. They are uh, photographers and editors. They are absolutely brilliant. They have exhausted their course selection in high school, taking as many advanced placement classes as they possibly can. They are so smart. They are leaders in my building, and I am thrilled to have them be the very first students on Walk In Your Excellence. They are starting a movement. My brothers, welcome. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yes, yes, yes. I'm glad to make it. I know, guys. I had them in my office earlier, telling them to come on the show, and I'm making. I was making a little joke about their cars. Now, I bought my (laughs) first car. My first car was five hundred dollars, y'all. It was a 1995 Nissan Altima, and let me tell you, I prayed every time I got in, and thank God every time I got out, because I didn't know if we were going to make it from point A to point B. But my brothers, Kwayan and Karan, talk to us, man. Who are y'all? Introduce yourselves. Well, first and foremost, my name is Kwayan. Um, as he stated earlier, I am a twin. I go to North Collegiate Academy. I'm a senior. Um, I'm not going to tell you my college that I'm expecting to go to in the fall, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, he introduced himself. I'm Karan. Um, I'm also a twin, obviously. I attend North Collegiate Academy. And you would say me and my brother, like, yin, yin, yang. We clash a lot, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, since we already, you know, we got the twin thing going on, talk, I know that you probably get this all the time, right? What is it like being twins? Like, I think my perspective growing up watching, like, like Full House and Sister, Sister, I don't know if you guys have like the sister sister life. I don't know. You can't. You're you're not that identical. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. what is it like being a twin? You know, it's like having a brother. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess so. I, I guess know, so. We never, I ain't never not be a twin. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I ain't never not be a twin. So and I don't really know. They're jokesters, as you can see. <laughs> Talk to me about your childhood. Uh, when, I don't know. I was raising up as twin. Me and my brother both is like. We get the same thing. Mm. If it was one had it, the other had to have it. Mm. So like we we may miss out on a few things, or we might get different things than others because it's like 
we gotta make sure we give to both. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's how we grew up raising it. Then it wasn't until like we started peaking towards like the end of middle school year when me and my brother both started taking like separate ways. Mm-hmm. It's like I started applying to different schools than him, but it's like in middle school. Yeah, middle school. Okay, and so it was just something like. Oh wow, we about to go on our own adventure and stuff. But it was surprising that we stood decided to stick together. Mm-hmm. And even through high school, you could see the change of like, I Quayan and Quran are two different people. So it's like it's two mm-hmm. different aspects. You talking to one, you talking to a whole different person when you speak mm-hmm. to the other. Mm-hmm. So it's like raising up as a childhood, it was just like he was always there and I'm always here. So it's like wherever he go, I'm right there falling behind. Dope. Or vice versa. Dope. Quran. Oh, um, I definitely want to say, like, just to speak upon that, like, as I, as I was, as we were littler, it was always, uh, yeah, I gotta share this. Like, it's, it was sometimes it always wasn't they get this, they get that. Sometimes it was like, oh, since they twins, they could share that. You know what I'm saying? So that sometimes that was like, I guess, um, I don't know the right word for it. Yeah, you think it taught you something like a value? Yeah, it, it made me feel some type of way sometimes because it's like that we we still two different people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying you could treat us as individuals that we were born with. We didn't both come out at the same time. You feel me? Yeah. Um, and then just to piggyback off like the middle school middle school experience and like our specifically our elementary school experience. Like when I was little, I was always known as the bad twin. You feel me? Mm-hmm. At first, we we got labels as the good twin, the bad twin. Really? Simply, yeah, simply based off like how we performed or how we behaved in the school environment mm-hmm. or just like in general our attitudes towards certain things. But as middle school came and as we went to uh, Kip Ross, mm-hmm. it just it helped build our individuality. Nice. And it helped like it just helped us explore ourselves. For example, Karan pig, piggybacked off the fact that um, he started applying to different um, like boarding schools and went out for uh, high school because you know that wasn't our first option to come to NCA. Mm-hmm. We were always taught like, let's go. You guys are at this level. We are exceeding in the middle school. Mm-hmm. Try bigger and better. And then I felt some type of way because he got accepted to a boarding school. I didn't, and it was far. So it was like losing your brother so early. You feel some type of way about it. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No. Thank you for sharing that. And talk to me about like your experience. Um, <clears throat> your mom, like growing up, like your dad. What What is your family life like? Um. Well, my mother is a single parent, so my mother was my dad at okay. times. And um, a lot of people don't know this, but my father was an alcoholic, like a heavy one. Mm. So it was times where like we never spoke to our father. It was times that he like he said f us, forget us, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And we just always leaned on our mother to hold us down. And when we were young, we went, I'm not going to downplay my mother, but we went without a lot of stuff because it's like you're struggling as a single mother. Facts, yeah. And um, you can get us to school, trying to keep us in clothes or whatnot. It was like shelter, food, mm-hmm. and then you worry about materialistic things. Mm-hmm. And so I always felt some type of way as a little kid when I see everybody else on the fly is good, but I'm getting it mad late. Or I'm not getting it at all. Mm-hmm. You feel me? But as we as we got older, and we start like now that we in our high school year, we get our own money or whatnot, I don't know, our own funds. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, we we pay for our own separate things, and it just taught me that like the mother, the lesson that my mother was doing when we was little is more clear now. Like mm-hmm. materialistic things aren't that important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying it's not it's not that important in life. It's not something that you need to build yourself up. It's nice to have. It makes you feel good once in the blue. But really, like I like spending my money on making me happy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying yeah. I rather I rather go out. Go eat, go enjoy myself. You feel me? Then go buy some clothes. That's it's gonna probably wear and tear after a year or two. For sure. For me, but um, as we got older, our bond with our father to talk about that, like what we talked about later. Our bond with our father it it grew. You know what I'm saying he stopped drinking. He saw he saw. I guess he saw what type of kids we were. Nice. 
Um, but he just stopped drinking, and like that's our rock now. Personally, like it's it's, it's our, our mother still our rock, but now it's like it's it's nice to have two foundations that yeah. you could fall back on. Like he's been holding us down lately. My mother don't completely forgive him, but like it's like we see the effort, mm -hmm. we see the money, like like. With his car, you know what I'm saying? If it's an issue with that old 98 Ultima, mm -hmm. our father quick to jump on it and help, you know what I'm saying? Because we see the effort. Yeah. We see you putting forth, so we try to put that behind us, especially yeah. us being 18 now, being legal adults. It's like, yeah. we all grown here, so let's do grown folk things. Yeah, the corona, was that, was that like, a, was that easy? Like, I think back to my, my, um, my father, right? Um, who I do not have a strong relationship with at all. Um, and my mother, I don't have a relationship either with her. She, you know, they both were drug addicts and, you know, took different paths in life. And I find myself sometimes thinking, like, could I, as a grown adult right now, love on them and appreciate them and accept them? And I'm not sure what my answer would be. But, like, I'm, I'm taking a life lesson from you two gentlemen who are, you know, growing young men. How, how did you navigate that experience with uh, that? Um, I think it was... I think it was smart to ask me the question because I was always the person that was like, I refused to forgive. Mm. So it was like yeah, my, my brother always, he always forgives my father, but it was like certain times it was like it would add up and it's like, you know what, I'm done. I was the one that wouldn't respond to him when he texted or call. I was the one that when I saw him in person, I walked past him like I don't see him because his sister, my aunt, is like, you know how my brother said my mother and my father are rocks? Mm -hmm. Like my aunt is like my That's third true. pillar right there. Yeah. That's like, That's my heart right there. So it was like... Every time I came to see her and he there, I just walk like I don't see him. But I think as like I grew to mature and I realized like, I right, I don't really need nothing from my father because I feel like I'm at a point in my life where it's like mm -hmm. I could I could fend for my own mm -hmm. or I could ask my mother because my mother providing the shelter, the food, and I just I could apply for like my car or like my clothes or like if I want to go out. So it's like I don't really need my dad for much. Mm -hmm. I just wanted a fatherly like bond that all the kids. At school mm -hmm. may or may not have, you know what I'm saying? So like kids talking about like, yeah, my father did this for me, my father did that for me, or me and my father went out. It was just like, I right, I just wanted that, or I wanted to be able to like, yo, me and my father watched the Super Bowl last night, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Well, so it was like the different things that I was like, I wish I got to experience. Yeah. So I was just like, I right, forget it, learn to love and forget, or learn to like love and hold on. Yeah, I learned to love and forget. So it's like I think I did it for the better, cause now it's like our uh, our relationship got stronger. Per se, so it's like, yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, one, thank you guys for being so vulnerable and sharing that that um, that story with me. It makes me think about how um, how much my the lack of a father in my life have impacted like me, my brothers and sisters, um, and the things that we value now. So thank you for taking me back and humbling me in, in a sense. Um, let's talk about high school. Let's talk about college. You guys are about to graduate high school. Mm -hmm. um, and as your principal, I, you guys hear me talk all the time about the importance of college, the importance of um, the ACT and getting into the university that you you know deserve to go to. Um, I would like to think that by the time I hand you guys your diploma uh, in a couple months, right, uh, that, that we as a school have given you all the tools and skills and knowledge that you need in order to make an informed decision about your life. Now, I know both of you well. Uh, and I, I, I think I know that you guys have chosen college. So mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about your future aspirations. Where are you thinking about going to college? Are you going away? What are you thinking about majoring in? Um, and how is that going to play out in your life over the next six, seven, eight, ten years? Um, well, I've definitely been thinking about going away. I want to start by that. Um, but I've been big on like not wanting to Why do you want to go away? But I don't want to go too far. Okay. I'm finish. Okay. I don't want to... Like, I just want I want that ooh, I want that separate distance. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying not too far, but I still want to be able to like 
something happened to my mother, I just want to be able to get there. Something happened yeah, to my dad, I just want to be able to get there. I, I mean, if I'm going through a rough path, I want to be able to, like, man, I just want to get away for a second. I'm going mm-hmm. back home. Mm-hmm. I'm saying a lot of people want to go across the country or when I want to, like, go far away. I'm put, put me in a close little distance. Put, yeah. put me in a different state. Put me in New York. Put me in PA. Put mm-hmm. me. In, Put me in that region that's comfortable for me, that's drivable, that's quick train, that's quick flight. Yeah. And um, my aspirations in life, I simply haven't figured it out yet. I just know I want to prosper and be yeah. successful. Um, sometimes I look at you as a role model. You know, you having many businesses, you venturing off, you being viral, quote unquote. I don't know if y'all can see that. You can't. But, <laughs> He's little, putting up quotes. <laughs> a little bit of viral. You know what I'm saying? Just. That, that's like that's a little inspiration to show that you could do multiple things at once. You about to get your doctorate, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That just shows that you could do many things at once and don't let nothing hold you back. Don't let nothing be a boundary. Um, I do want to major in, I'm going to put this out there. I want to major in public relations mm-hmm. and minor in accounting. Dope. Okay. Um, well, he different. Mm-hmm. I want to get away. <laughs> like, I want to... Um, a lot of the schools I applied to are HBCUs, actually. Okay. And then one of the HBCUs that... I want to attend is in New Orleans, actually. And all my family is like, oh, my God, that's so far. I think if I'm far enough where it's, like, out of reach, but, like, reachable still, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't really, like, if something happened to me, I got to learn how to, like, work that out on my own. Like, my brother's different. Like, something, true. Something, that is true. something happened to him, he may want to go back to my mother. I want to learn how to, like, mm-hmm. all right, if I hit rock bottom, how to climb them. <laughs> I don't know about I don't know about that one. Right <laughs> but you get what I'm saying? Like if I hit rock bottom, I want to learn how to like climb out of the hole by myself. Mm-hmm. Cause at the bottom ain't nothing below you but to the top. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I feel as though I want to go and venture out and explore new places. Like give me an environment where I don't know, mm-hmm. where I'm uncomfortable in, so I can learn how to adapt and mature in there. Um my aspirations in life, I don't know. I think I just, as my brother said, I just want to prosper and be successful. Mm-hmm. I know what I want to major. I want to be an accountant, and um, it's like, and I want to minor in communications. But I know I want to prosper and be successful and stuff, so that this way, like, I could do what I want on my own time. I don't have to worry about and struggle like how I'm gonna pay the next bill mm-hmm. or how my kids gonna be able to do this, do that, go out when they want to. Not living check to check. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I want to be able to like live comfortably. I want to like venture out and enjoy stuff like. You know, I just want to experience life yeah. without having to struggle to experience life. You get for what I'm sure. saying? Yeah. So. Yeah, dope. Thank you for sharing that. Um, now, I want to bring us back to like <clears throat> to Newark, right? And this is a this is something I'm really passionate about. I became an educator um, 11 years ago. I became an educator, and um, I think a, a large part of like why I do this work is to see one young black man grow and pro- prosper like you guys. Um, Hill Harper. Um, does a lot of like does a lot of research on like the 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 black man and there has been such a crazy portrayal of who we are uh and he he wants to hit through his research he wants to create an asset-based narrative to who we are right who are the black men that are the senators who are the black men who are the principals who are the black men who are doing great things and um adding value to the world and so often we don't see those those black men showcased in a very like profound way mm-hmm. what we do see is the drug dealer on the street. What we do hear about mm-hmm. is the crazy news story. What we do read about are the disparaging statistics about who we are as black men and being mass incarcerated in prisons, right? Um, and all the work that I've been doing as a, as a doctor, a doctoral student, um, and what I've dedicated my life to understanding is like how how do we as a people like pull ourselves up? And it makes me think of the city of Newark, which is a juxtaposition in so many ways, right? There is um. 
it's a it's a, a city that's full of richness, right? We have the Prudential Center, we have downtown, we have New York Symphony Hall, we have um, in, uh, NJ Pack, right, Performing Arts Center. Um, and then, we, you know, it's hometown to amazing people, Queen Latifah, um, Whitney Houston, Michael B. Jordan, like mm-hmm. great people who are trailblazers in this world. And then it's also a place full of tragedy and violence and poverty um, and, a, and, a, and a lack of like hope sometimes. And sometimes as a principal, I get to see the most tragic things that happen to our students. Um, and it's really, it's, it's really an emotional journey. Talk to me about your, your life growing up in Newark and how you think that has impacted you. Oh, my life growing up in Newark, it was like, I'm appreciative of it. Okay. Like many might not say it, but I am. Because I, I feel as though if I was, grew up anywhere else, it's like I would have been a whole completely different person. Mm-hmm. Growing up in Newark, you had to be on your P's and Q's. Like you had to like watch out for your surroundings. If you caught the bus, you had to be careful, be vigilant, because you never know what happened at any moment. Like people will play, like in different cities, people might play after the streetlights go on. You know to get in the house before the streetlights get on, because you don't know what might happen, per se. So it's like, Growing up in North, you just you just knew you had to fend for yourself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because you never know what's out there or who out there to get you. Mm. So growing up in North, it was like, ah, I had to grow up and like learn how to be by myself and strive by myself, mm. per se. Um, just to piggyback off what my brother was saying, I, I completely agree. I think it was just the experience all in all, just being around like, like you like you stated earlier. Just the experience about being around drug dealers, you know what I'm saying? Seeing the fast cars, seeing the money, seeing how they like switched it up. I think that just showed me like that don't last long because you'll see them a week later. Now they out here, bummy, out here at 4 a.m. We passed these same people going out of house because our block is a one way. We passed these same people going out of one way to get on our block out there 4 in the morning. Say we'd be coming back from our aunt's house or we'd be coming back no party or late at work, work 24-7. Coming back from work, you'll see them same drug dealers out there hustling. For him, that's not a lifestyle that you want to live. That's not a lifestyle that I personally want to live. I don't always want to have that. I gotta, I gotta be out here all night. I'm not gonna eat. I'm saying I gotta, I gotta, I gotta beat the trap 24/7. Or oh, this, this, this is over for me. I gotta pay this rent. I just, I just knew it was more out there. And then seeing that compared to other, like the gentrification that's happening downtown, seeing what these people, how these people live, compared to how I'm right up the street and how I live, I'm struggling up here. Y'all living. Rich and wealthy down there, mm-hmm. man. Y'all getting by. I'm barely getting by. So that just showed me like where I wanted to be in life and what I wanted to do. Yeah. Why do you? This is making me think of like some really interesting questions. I want to hear your perspectives on as as young people growing up. Um, why do you think? I think one of the biggest challenges for me as a principal is getting people, getting our students to understand the importance of education, right? Mm-hmm. And granted, I'm not. Fe- I'm not. I'm not blind, right? I'm not stupid that it, it, to think that like everyone should go to college and like you know you have to go to college have to go to college but it is it is very clear evidence there is very a, a strong correlation between success in life whether you equate that with financial success whether you equate that with um network success and, and human and social capital that you gain or the networks that you uh, get by going to college or whatever however you define it there's a strong correlation between college and valuing your education and success, and I'm going to use success in quotes because it's very relative. Um, why do you think one of the challenges I face is like getting kids to realize, like, yo, you really need this degree, you really need this thing because it just gives you the access to the success that you want to get in life. But more times and often, 
I'm like pulling teeth to get kids to go to class, mm-hmm. pulling teeth to get kids to invest in their GPA, to say, to say focus, to not disrespect every adult that comes into your life as if like, you know, they're out to get you. Why do you think students, specifically students at, at our school, like feel that way? Like, why don't they value education more? I just think that, like, first I want to start at the first point with disrespecting adults. I think a lot of people struggle struggle with authority figures, especially in our community. Mm-hmm. Seeing, just seeing the authority abuse their power mostly, mm-hmm. it's like it's, it's a struggle for our students, I guess, to hear somebody speak at them instead of speak to them. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of times people could come across as they're speaking at them instead of speaking to them. So it's all how you digest Certain things. I I grew a bond to know that I know when someone is trying to belittle me, or I know when someone's just like concerned, like, bro, get to class. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna benefit you in the long run. So sometimes it's not that kids don't care for the education. It's just that they don't look at the bigger picture at the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of people react off of emotions, how they feel. That's real. Um, yeah, that's real. I think most of just like people get like, I would like to bring it across work. People get like little jobs, like oh, you're mm. making a little bit of money here and there. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, I just worked the three to eleven, or I worked the two to five, or something like that. And people, yeah, I know baby hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people start filling themselves because they get their checks, and they're like, oh, I could eat off of this, or I could survive off of this. But they're not thinking that they the bigger they, picture. Yeah, they're not thinking the bigger picture because you still living with your mother working like these little jobs. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Per se, but like. It's evident that you see that many people that are successful, quote unquote, because as you said, it's a very vague topic. People are successful. Certain people have went to college and like earned a bachelor's degree to the bare minimum where they could like network with people that they were in school with who went on to do bigger and better things per se. Like people that went to get their masters, but now they like in the Apple company or another Fortune 500 company per se. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I built that network because I went to college and I spent this with different people that I knew when they was at the bottom. You know what I'm saying? We all started off as freshmen. Right. And so it's like to see that I actually know this person is like it's easier to build like connections with different people because college is a va- a vague like place. So it's like you could meet very uh, yeah. different people. Yeah. No, that's real. <laughs> that's real. Um yeah, and I, I think back to my college experience, I am many Steve degrees in right now. That's real, that's real, that's real. Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's real, that's real, that's real. I, I'm loving this because I think I truly do think I'm reflecting and I mean I don't get to sit and I don't get to sit at length and talk to you guys and like a, you know, we joke and we, mm-hmm. we have these life conversations, but for real, I think that like this this podcast specifically is going to impact a lot of students who who hear it and who see it on social media. And they're, they're going to be able to say, especially, like, I, I just think about the 222 freshmen that we have mm-hmm. who, like, see you guys. and see you guys, like, in my office or on the second floor. And they really do look up to you. Like, no freshman is ever going to actually see that, right? Yeah. Like, no 13, 14-year-old is going to. But you could tell that, like, yeah. they're watching every move. And for real, like, even when you guys get back to when you get into college, you're going to look up you're going to look up at seniors because you're going to be babies again as freshmen. And mentally, you're going to be like, wow, like, this is real. Mm-hmm. Because it's just a different stage of life. Like when I first became a teacher and I saw like my first, you know, male assistant principal mm-hmm. or my first black male assistant principal, I'm like, oh shit, like this is mm-hmm. real. I, I, there's more to aspire to. And like you do look up to them. And so I'm really excited that this is going to be a voice of a power for a lot of, a lot of people. Um, Koyan, what you said is really important. And I hope that the adults hear this, right? He said, um, we have a, an issue in our community with 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 authority, which is real. Mm-hmm. And 
we it's we it struggles we we have a struggle with like people who are speaking at us and not like to us mm -hmm. and i think that that's one of the things that i try to coach within adults and it's difficult like how do you speak and work alongside our students versus working against them right and that's where you have the power struggle of not building a strong relationship of going back and forth a lack of respect um i remember back i'm taking y'all i'm gonna take y'all back to my first time meeting oh, you guys what you, what you, oh man you hear that was that sophomore year yeah yo so my first um at, at this new school that i'm currently the leader at um my my first uh suspension were four people um, two of them are sitting across from me right now. Oh, yeah. yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for fighting. Um, and I remember them sitting uh, in, we were reflecting when they came back. I, I don't know when this happened, but one I of y'all. It was at the beginning of the school year. Oh, it was the beginning of the school year. Oh, yeah. I know the fight, but one of y'all um, got, you had an attitude. Probably I would, We were on the fourth floor. Um, that's when CRR was on the fourth floor, mm -hmm. I, in school suspension on the fourth floor. And I was talking to somebody, t talking to y'all, and one of y'all just got so belligerent, attitudinal. But Probably it was the moment Probably that it was, it, it was the <laughs> moment that like it was the moment where I said, "Oh, these, these are like really good. these are gonna be young men who really change the world." Because I pulled you out, and you immediately like began to apologize and step back and reflect. And like, not a lot of kids have that sort of self-regulation mm -hmm. right a lot of our kids will just keep going it took me time to get like that though yeah yeah and like those are the type of stories that i want our kids to hear that like you come in as a different person but the way you come out is a true mm -hmm. testament to the journey and how like how much you struggled um social media i want to talk about it right because you guys are living in an age that is drastically different than when i grew up as, as a teenager you have access to so much information both good and bad you have um, social media, Instagram, Finster, all these crazy accounts and stuff. Mm -hmm. You like talk to me how you think it, that social media is impacting your life and your generation. Um, I definitely think social media like it's it's a it's a huge influence on us. Mm -hmm. Positive, even, negative, uh, a little bit of both. Okay, you know what I'm saying even with the college experience, I was it was it used to be a point in time where I used to post on my main page, like. I used to just post whatever I was feeling or whatever, whatever post I found funny. But then I had to remember, it's like it's a persona that you have to put on certain certain times because you never know what college might be looking at your page. Mm -hmm. Saying you don't want a person to post a certain video, then it's a college looking at you like, oh, this what he's getting into. Mm -hmm. Saying or like with the fast way, everybody always joke about the fast way. You posting too much money in your picture, fast way ain't gonna give you no money, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So it's just like it all depends how you how you look at it. Mm -hmm. Like it's all about a persona that you have to put on, and then sometimes like. Like you said, it could be a bad it could be a bad influence, as in you put on a wrong persona that you don't necessarily live. Um, I agree. I feel as though it's like a like a good and bad for social media because you get the pros of it, like networking, as we were saying before, or like just putting yourself out there if you want to start your own business per se, or you get the cons of it, like as my brother was saying, you put on a negative persona, like oh yeah, I be on the block twenty four seven per se, or like you know. I'll be posted in different areas, but as a person, you know that's not true. Or like you posting like different videos that reflect like negative, like negative, atten negative tensions to it, mm -hmm. per se. Mm -hmm. Like when I was like getting into NCA, Coach Davis always said, <laughs> "My brother's a joke." Coach Davis <laughs> always said, "Like, be careful what you po post because coaches will always look at it." Per se, so it's like I learned to like bag back from Instagram, or like I learned to regulate my Twitter account because it's like they might see different tweets that was like from like the beginning of my freshman year, mm -hmm. 
and I'm in my senior year, like, oh, I was young, but they like, that don't matter. That's who you like represented yourself as at that time. So, yeah. Talk to me about talk to me about um, peer pressure. Mm, I think I think peer pressure is just like it's strong nowadays. It's very strong to be in gangs, to be with a clique. I think a lot of people don't. Like I was saying, it takes time to find your individuality. So a lot of people fall back upon gangs or cliques. They want to be around other people. Like we see it in school every day. We see someone come up with their own individuality and then other people piggyback off piggyback off them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like other people, they clone them pretty much. They want to move like them. And that also comes from weak households in my opinion. Like not being able to... Like, not being able to express yourself or feel how you want to feel in certain households because a lot of people, a lot of parents, and specifically black parents, they limit their chill, their children's way of expressing themselves. Mm. Certain things just isn't cool in a certain household. You know what I'm saying? Certain, certain things you just cannot do or move a certain way. What about you, Karan? Peer pressure. Um, I think peer pressure is like, as my brother said, it's very powerful. So it's like, Due to the fact, like, some people might be doing this, some people might be doing that. Like, me personally, I never fell into the peer pressure of smoking and drinking and stuff. Mm. And so a lot of my friends might be like, oh, Karan, you wildin'. Karan, just smoke this. Or Karan, drink this. I think, me as a person, I think, as my brother said, as once you find your individuality, is like, I know who I am as a person, so I know how to stand on my own two feet. You know what you're comfortable with. And yeah, I know what I'm comfortable with. So many, as my brother was saying, many people don't have that. Many people don't know how to, like, stand on their own two feet. And so I'm appreciative of my mother because I was always able to voice about how I felt about certain things as long as I wasn't coming disrespectful. So it's like she told me if I was mm. like bugging or if I was like, like, all right, Karan, you might have a point on one thing. So it's like I know how to stand on my own two feet because I know how to like propose my ideas to people. Yeah. So it's like yeah. many people don't know how to do that. So as my brother said, people like just clone somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me be this person because clearly what they doing is maybe working for them. Mm-hmm. Or let me be this other person. Or let me be in this group because this group, they winning right now mm. per se. So it's just like Many people, like, they experience that throughout high school or throughout life because, you know, even, like, when you get older, like, people might be like, oh, if my boss did this, I'm going to do exactly what my boss did. You know what I'm saying? So it's like people try to, like, mirror what other people do. Yeah, yeah. Gentlemen, tell us how you walk in your excellence every day. Um, I just, I be unapologetically me. Mm. A lot of people say unapologetically black, but I be unapologetically me. Mm. I feel as though I just express myself how I want to express it. I go about ways certain I go about doing certain things certain ways I just I do what makes me feel comfortable what makes me happy and because at the end of the day the only person who goes to bed with me at the end of the night is myself I'm by myself so I had to be I had to be 10 10 toes down or whatever I do so I got to be comfortable with what I do so I'll be unapologetically me Nice. Um, it's crazy because I'm like, oh my God, they just said the same thing because they're twins I think it's because (laughs) I don't know I grew this mindset of what because at the end of the day like and all in all all you gonna have is yourself. Oh, All you have like to represent yourself is yourself. Mm-hmm. Because your mother ain't gonna always be there, your father ain't gonna always be there, your mm-hmm. family ain't gonna always be there, your friends ain't always gonna be there. At the end of the day, you gotta stand on what you said and like you have to grow as word as your bond. So I walk around feeling like if I did this, then I did this. Mm-hmm. Or if I say this, I'm gonna say I'ma do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I feel as though that's how I walk in my excellence. I nice. build that. 
Nice. And where can we find you? You can definitely follow me on the gram at Quasso Jersey. That's two A's in the quad. Q U A A So Jersey. Um, I would say my main, but you know, I ain't that I ain't that popular on that name. But y'all can follow my photography page out of Cannon with a Cannon. So. Awesome, awesome. Well, gentlemen, um, and just in self-reflection, I've watched you guys grow. Um, from your younger teenage years to now your young adulthood. Um, and I'm truly, truly, truly proud of you guys. I'm proud of the moments in which you were reflective and not making the best choices. I'm proud of the moments that you pulled yourself out of those choices. I'm proud of the moments um, that I get to experience as you accept your college rec- uh, college letters, uh, acceptance letters. Um, is super proud of the men that you've become, but more inspired by the men that you actually are going to be in the future. Uh, and so my advice to you guys is to keep this, keep the values that you just talked about being unapologetically you, knowing yourself, um, keep those true to your heart because those are the things that are going to sustain you through life and, and give you the opportunities to give back to young men who look like you in the future. Um, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate you in every sense of the word and am very humble to be your principal. Guys, you have listened to another episode of Walk in Your Excellence with the Boom Brothers, Karan and Kwayan from Newark, New Jersey. Oh, man, what a We definitely made it episode. here in a 98 Nissan. All tomorrow. As always, guys, define who you are, follow your passion, speak your truth, be unapologetically you, and always remember to walk in your excellence.